I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smashpot. In 2006, two unlikely friends became the heroes of Radiator Springs. But on their next big road trip, they're not only racing across the world. Wish me luck. You go get him, buddy. Welcome to the inaugural running of the World Grand Prix. They're racing to save the world. No one can stop us. Finn McMissile, British Intelligence. So mighty. Average intelligence. Welcome to Tokyo International Airport. Listen, th- this isn't Radiator Springs. These Americans are clearly master spies. Oh, you've got to be joking. Go, McQueen! Informator. I'm on approach. Roger that. There he is. He's getting away! Hang on! Cars 2. Good job! Sorry, ladies. Hello, and welcome to SmashPod 2, The Kane Scrutiny, a podcast celebrating the vast oeuvre of Michael Kane, the highs, the lows, and everything in the middle, hosted by me, John Rain. This truly is the podcast where you're only supposed to have a good time. And this week we'll be anthropomorphized, as it were, as automobiles and jet-setting around the world on spy missions inside living planes to sell toys. Yes, it's Cars 2. You heard that right. And joining me to try and think about how it could all possibly work is comedy producer Ed Morrish, who can be found on Twitter as at Ed Morrish. Hello, Ed. Hello. You're right. I'm good. Yes. I don't know. I, I, don't I, know. I feel I should start with an apology. Go on. Because we met at the Craft Comedy Conference. We did. And you um, then sent me a message and said, Do you want to come and do this show? We're talking about Michael Caine films. And I initially suggested a couple of quite good ones. Yeah. Um, and then I thought it would be funny uh, because someone was already doing those. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be funny to suggest not one of the good ones. Yeah. And then, as I was watching it last night, I realised um, the the flaw in that 
funny plan. To be fair, it's a short film. It is. I, I, you know, the, I know you said the, the, the recording could take 90 minutes, which mm. would be longer than the film. Yeah. I and if ever that. a film did not deserve to be discussed in as much depth as it actually takes up mm. on the screen, I think this is, this is on that list, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, we've, we've both got children. Yeah. And, and have you watched this with your children? Yes, yes. I think I saw it in the cinema. Really? Yeah. God. See, I tried to watch this with my children and they got bored very quickly. Mm. So I had to turn it off. And I didn't go to the cinema with them. I watched it on TV. Because it takes quite a left field approach for a kid's film, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, to, to fill in listeners who are not familiar with the Cars universe, it's a, a Pixar film um, directed by John Lasseter. Uh, the fated head of Pixar and uh, it transpires wrongen. Um, yeah. And uh, Cars 1 is, uh, apparently that was his passion project. This is the list of films Pixar made. Yes. Uh, it's Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Incredibles. Now, for those films to come out in a space, of, I think it's about seven or eight years from one studio, that's that's an incredible well, run of films. Didn't all the um, champions of Pixar, as it were, all have projects that they, dr- they that were their dream projects? Mm. So you had Toy Story, and then the ones you've, you've mentioned, yeah. apart from Toy Story 2, they didn't have that. That was pressure, a pressure yeah. project. Um, because Joe, is it Joe Raft? Was kind of, everyone says that when Joe Raft, who's one of the Pixar mm. people, when he died, you can pinpoint that as the point where Pixar started to kind of collapse. Well, I mean, the the other thing is so, so up to the Incredibles. I mean, that's an in, I don't know when I, uh, the, the people I, the names are more familiar with are like Andy Stanton. Um, uh, is Andy Stanton? Not Andy Stanton. He's Mr. Gum. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Brilliant. Andrew Stanton. Andrew Stanton. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, you were right. Um, but uh, there's a brilliant story. He just didn't really understand. Like, well, I want this shot, and you know, in animation, you can just draw it. So. Yes. Um, there's nothing. John Carter is a perfectly fine movie. It's just when it got the two hundred million dollar price tag attached to it. You expected it to be more than perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the, the thing with uh, Pixar had such an incredible run that it's sort of there was almost a reverse takeover of Disney animation, which yes. was failing. And John Lasseter uh, was made the head of Disney Studios. Um, and sort of Pixar became a sort of subsidiary, but with the sort of creative forces behind it. Uh, sort of being given bigger reign and I think the first one they did was The Princess and the Frog that's right um, which is an excellent film it is good um, but with that Disney pressure in hand comes the uh, we want sequels to these properties mm. which they hadn't intended to do at all I mean they did Toy Story 2 I believe they Disney wanted to put it out as a straight to video film like they do with Lion King 67 and yeah, Aladdin yeah. 14 uh, and uh, uh, John Lasseter went no no it has to be a proper film and I think they turned it around in like a year or something ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. something ridiculous. I remember them saying, "We want just." It do- Someone said to them, "It doesn't have to be good," mm. and they said, "Yes, it does." Mm. And so because it's Pixar, yeah, and yeah. because we, you know, why would you put out something that you don't? I mean, it's a it's a good way to approach all creative endeavor. Why, like the people who think, "Oh, I can just knock it out." That's never going to be anyone's favourite thing. That's why, no, why that, would you do that? To why be honest, you- that is what Pixar has become. Yeah, sadly. I mean, also we're saying this on a podcast, mm. so there's a slight element, of which it. is essentially <laughs> throwing things in a bin. Uh, um, but yeah, so Cars two, a sequel. I mean, yeah, so to go back to Cars. To, to, well, to go back, yeah, to, yeah Cars, yeah. then Ratatouille, Wall-E, Up, Toy Story three, Cars 
2 is where it appears mm. in the list. Now, Cars is a perfectly serviceable kids' film about a um, race car who is traveling through uh, what the referred to as flyover country, um, you know, through the middle of rural America. He yeah. has an accident. Uh, he smashes the place up um, and is forced to pay for that. And in rehabilitation, he learns to love small town America. Uh, it's Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly Doc Hollywood. Mm. Um, and it's not great. No. And also, um, especially given, weirdly given the universality of Toy Story, because although it's a definitively American story, the idea of playing with toys and the toys being real, um, Monsters, Inc., every culture has monsters under the bed, a, a fact that plays into the, uh, the, the film Finding Nemo is about um, fatherhood, the Incredibles is about fatherhood, there are lots of things about father figures. Um, cars 2, I think the Americans have a relationship with their cars that we in Britain simply don't. Yes. Um, and certainly men of John Lasseter's generation have a fetishization of that, the freedom that cars meant, um, the Route 66, uh, the, uh, you know, top-down driving down the highway, um, very, it's all very Barkman Turner over Very Clarkson. Yeah. Um, and so, as much as the first one is perfectly serviceable, there's some, yeah, perfectly serviceable, there's some good jokes, there's, it makes sense, you know, you can mm -hmm. sort of, everything's consistent, Paul Newman plays a grumpy former racer, crippled uh, after an accident and now um, shipped out. It has Cars 2 um, is a spy film. Yeah. Featuring Wh some cars. In which the lead character from the first Cars film, who it's all built around, is barely in it. Yeah, he is a very passive character. And mm. I think there's two... No, there's, there's lots of, I, I think, what we refer to as interesting creative choices. Mm -hmm. um, the casting of Michael Caine, which we will we will come to. Yes. Um, obviously, I thought it was quite nice how they, Paul Newman had died between the first film and the second film, and they made a reference to the character passing away, and you mm. know, sort of a, a sweet little moment of tribute. Um, but basically, they hinged the whole spy plot around the moron best friend. Yes. Who is utterly irredeemable yes um i think shrek has a lot to answer for this yes because uh, it's been done before i'm sure but shrek was the first animated feature that i can remember where the you know sort of slightly uh, the the protagonist is supplemented by a um unguarded unvarnished slightly annoying best friend and donkey um and the difference is that eddie Murphy is a very, very funny man. And also that character did understand when he was upsetting people. He yes. did understand. He was like, oh, I've upset you. and But would try to fix it and get it wrong. But yeah. there was a level of empathy. You understood why Shrek and Donkey became friends. You are never... Uh, uh, the, the repeated note, uh, what are the rules of this film? Yeah. And Mater can just fuck off. Yeah. He yeah. can just fuck off. Um, <laughs> he ruins... Uh, Lightning McQueen, the main character's career. That's yes. what he's doing in yes. the film. And we are supposed to feel bad when he suffers consequences. Yeah. Um, he uh, he also, I mean, he's a bad friend. He is a bad friend. He is, uh, at the start of the film, I don't know if it's okay to start at the start Please. of the film. Please. So at the start of the film, um, he is waiting for uh, Lightning McQueen to come back from tour. Lightning McQueen does not take Mater, the tow truck, 
uh, tomato. You see, it's a, it's a joke. It's almost a pun. Mm. Um, he's uh, picking up a uh, lemon out of the, the a lemon as in a bad car, yes. which is not a phrase we use. No, but it comes um, important later. It becomes yeah. It's a it's a big. I think that's a big. Another a distant, the Americanization of this, I suppose, universality. It relies on us all understanding the term a lemon means a bad car. Yeah. And I actually had to Google it. And apparently the British use it, but it's mainly from a um, 1960 Volkswagen ad. Apparently it was the first time it was popularised. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, but sold, it says um, in Britain, sold a lemon is the same as sold a pup. And no, it isn't. And he is picking a lemon that's broken down in the desert in Radiator Springs and uh, driving him back. And then he finds out that, uh, like McQueen, has got home and he runs home to spend time with his best friend and they do fun things like uh, you know the, the whole it's it's anthropomorphization it's it's transposing human experiences onto cars who can talk and don't have hands but their wheels are sort of more malleable they have mouths um, they don't have drivers so there's not it's not the Thomas the Tank Engine thing um, if you know the John Finnamore sketch where yes the, Thomas's new driver has to get in and feel his brains um, <laughs> it's not that it's just the car there are no humans in this world no um, and he gets very excited and they go out and do friend things like cow tipping which in cars I mean it's not a it's it's, it's a, they use it in the first film as well I think. they do it's, it's a tractor that is asleep massive yes. combine harvester and they fire the horns and it uh, wakes up suddenly and tips over and that's that's what they do and then like McQueen says yeah, that was a lot of fun I'll go spend some time with my girlfriend to play Bob Arnie Hunt and Mater looks sad Mater doesn't understand that Lightning McQueen has a girlfriend yeah that he would also like to spend time with and when they actually go on their date to the one restaurant in one of the two the fancy restaurant in Radio Springs Mater has snuck in and is acting as a waiter so desperate is he to spend time with Lightning McQueen and, by implication, not allow Lightning McQueen to spend time alone with his girlfriend. Now, um, later on in the uh, in the film, the uh, a part of the plot is Mater thinking he's going on a date. Yes. So he knows what a date is. Yes. He also says, he has the line, I wrote it down, I like to get a proper detail before I meet a lady friend. That's that's one of the lines he has. Uh, car detail. I mean, I'm not. I have a car, but I don't. I'm not a car person. Which actually, as I've got an eight-year-old son at the moment, is a problem because he wants me to talk about cars. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. But mm. a detail that that sort of. I mean, if you see the anthropomorphization, everything has to be a metaphor for something in humanity. So I think what he's saying there is uh, he waxes. I'm guessing uh, he he waxes himself before he goes on a date. So. Yeah. We can assume that Mater has fucked. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he knows that Lightning McQueen wants to spend time with his girlfriend and is stopping that from happening. But we have skipped over a very important part. Yes. This is Finn McMissile. Well, yeah, the, the, the opening. Actually, do you know what? I think I, I thought it was funny to suggest cars too. That opening is a serviceable Bond opening. It is. He, Finn McMissile, um, who is a 1960s car British secret agent. Looks like the Bond Aston Martin. Looks like I'm an Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, can go underwater. Can do everything. Can do everything. Yeah. To the point where, uh, I, think, I think it's Graham Linehan's line uh, about, he said about Die Hard 4, I think. He said when, um, he should have the, the tagline, that voiceover, when anything can happen, nothing matters. Yeah. 
so it can, it's got guns, it's got missiles, it's got a parachute. It can go underwater. It can fake mm-hmm. its own death, uh, and it creeps onto a um, oil rig. An oil rig uh, on the back of a boat that can talk. See, I wanted to ask about the boat question. I mean, this becomes important later. But is he on the boat's back? I guess so. Because later on they go inside a plane. Yeah. So they're going inside and a plane's bum. Now, what's interesting is I don't think they ever talk to that plane. Mm. Oh, no, they do. They do. Yes, the plane says something. Because there's one plane that uh, a baddie uh, car accidentally goes up a ramp and flies through. Yes. But inside the plane is a lot of electronics on the, the spy plane, Funny Mac Missile's plane, and yeah. uh, Holly Shiftwell, played by Emily Mortimer. Yeah. Um, they have holograms and weapons and things that can... All sorts. You know, all sorts. But it's also a talking plane that can talk to them. Yeah. Now, I guess if I'm okay with the cat bus in my neighbour Totoro, <laughs> which is a cat who is a bus and you can get inside it and the door sort of opens, yeah. just expands and you get inside. Um, technically, I should be okay with a talking plane. It's just the way the plane's out. like, come on, and his rear flap opens and they all drive in yeah it feels a bit like an advert that they'd have put out in the 70s about don't go with strangers <laughs> <laughs> um but he uh finn mcmissile who's michael kane is, is, is there to meet leland turbo yes who's voiced by jason isaacs, jason isaacs. yeah uh, uh who's been compromised and he needs backup but says don't call the cavalry because it could blow the whole operation but he gets cubed Yes. So he's been murdered. And then Finn McMissile, in the process of finding out that the baddie, who is a little car with a monocle for some reason, yeah, uh, voiced by a guy who was in Downfall. And uh, he's Stuckler in Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes, and he's in Valkyrie as yeah. well. Yeah, so he's rent a German. Um, they've got this video camera, but we don't know what it's about yet. Yeah, TV camera. TV camera, sorry. Yeah. And um, so he sees it, and they see him, and he cha- he runs away, f- or runs away, drives away. Mm. As you say, it's a perfectly serviceable Bond opening. But he kills loads of these cars. One of them, we see it fall hundreds of feet off the oil rig and disintegrate into tiny pieces. That's murder. They're trying to... Like, I, I did not... I didn't make a note of that. I glossed over. I mean, I felt that he was self-defence. Yeah, yeah, but... And also, he's trying to foil a criminal conspiracy. If you go the other, you know, if you take it to the normal level of this being humans, there's a film where Michael Caine's character is literally pushed someone off the top of an oil rig, and they fall in hundreds of feet, and then their body parts float up into the water. That would be I, disturbing. I mean, yeah, no, but that's one of the reasons they used cars to get oh. away from having to give kids the grim reality of what it, what things are really like in the real world when secret agents push people off oil rigs. But why wasn't why isn't the oil rig a person? Yeah, but it does seem. <laughs> inconsistent yeah like which which machines get turned into humans which gets turned into animals and which are just you know uh they have a drill mm. the drill they, they try to get nuts off them. why isn't that a thing what's the, the crane noise? that's on the oil rig yeah. is a person but the oil rig itself is not a person yeah so i mean it's it, inconsistent interestingly when john lasseter went to I guess because he was at Disney and this was his passion project, <laughs> I guess that's why Planes was a Disney film rather than a Pixar film. Yeah. Um, and Planes is, uh, I'd say, even worse. Oh, it's even awful. Awful. I mean, the and plot of that is uh, someone takes part in a race and wins. Yeah. That's. But also, I, when I was researching this film last night, it seems to suggest now that Planes and Cars are the same universe. 
Yes, yes, they absolutely are. But that doesn't make any sense. Because one's Pixar and one's not Pixar. But there's not like, um, you know, this Venom film yes. being in the Spider-Man universe, but Spider-Man's in the Marvel universe. So yeah. yeah, Venom um, is very much the planes. Yes. Except <laughs> it would be that Spider-Man is also a terrible film. <laughs> which some would argue it is. Um, well, The Homecoming. I liked Homecoming. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't like it. Wow. A lot of people are wrong. Yeah. Turns out, not us though. Not us. That's that's why we're on a podcast. Exactly. Not every, not any idiot can do a podcast, you know. It's very high bar for entry. Exactly. Um, but yeah, this is the other thing that when when Finn jumps off the oil rig onto the water, they all think he's going to die. Mm. But he produces skis like James Bond would. I'm yeah. fine with this. And then all the cars go quick to the boats, and the boats have got faces, got and faces. they drive inside the boat. And start manipulating its guns. And also guns. the boats have been lifted up on cranes, and when they yeah. release them, they just drop them. Yeah. So the height that killed the cars yes. did not kill the boats, which are economy of scale. I mean, you know, it's yeah. a bigger thing. That's fine. The laws of physics roughly apply. But it mm. doesn't kill Finn either. Yeah. And I think, you know, so let's mention it. An Aston Martin car mm-hmm. called Finn McMissile. Yeah. I don't think Michael Caine was their first choice. I bet he wasn't. They wanted Connery, didn't they? They they may well have called him Finn McMichael. Yeah. Like they may as well. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I was talking to someone just before I came here. You, you'd buy Kane as a Bond alike. He is so associated with London, the swinging 60s. He's a recognisable voice. Hmm. You know, you like. I'd buy him if they just called him some Bond reference. There was no reason. Harry Jaguar. Yeah. Something Instead like that. Instead of Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, uh, yeah, Jack. Fiat something. Palmer, that's yeah. Italian. Um, Aston. Aston Palmer. Yeah. Um, the, but to not change it, just, yeah, it's a British spy, Aston Martin, with a Scottish name, and we couldn't even get Roger Moore. <laughs> I could have got Dalton, though, because he's done a Toy Story film. He, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a hedgehog, isn't he? He's, he's a, a Mr. Pricklepants mm. in Toy Story 3. Yeah. And 4, I think. Oh, is the four? I haven't seen it. It's not out yet. Up. It's out next year. It's very exciting. It is. It's Pixar's treadmill of not <laughs> wanting to do sequels. They're now doing a fourth one. To be fair, 3 was amazing. It was, but it ended nicely. Yeah. So I don't know why they're doing another yeah. one. But then, you know, the the Dark Knight ended nicely, and they didn't. They did, then they did another 25 minutes. But anyway, the boat, the boat, the boat with cars in it driving it around, which is weird. It's like, um, what's it called when you build people into robots and get? I can't remember what it's called. Never mind. Build people into when you build robots like androids, like a cyborg type cyborg, thing. Because yeah. these these cars have driven onto a boat mm. and they're working its guns and using it in a weird way, and they blow up Finn McMissile. Yeah. They think they do, but he goes underwater and turns into a submarine. And then puts on breathing apparatus. Yeah. But they don't breathe, do they? No. He also releases four spare tyres from his boots yes, to make well, them think that they've, they've destroyed him, him. Yeah. Um, but also his tyres appear to have come off and he's got new tyres that turn into rotors. Yeah, which again I'm fine with because that's in the spy love me, so it's yeah. canon. Yeah. Uh, but the baddie who's called Zundap is told that Finn's dead. It's just the fact that he puts on the breathing apparatus, but they don't have noses or anything, so they're just breathing from their mouth. Yeah, it's interesting what they do and don't need. Yeah. And 
again, what are the rules? I don't understand. No, the rules of this universe. I don't know if you you must have seen somewhere on the internet the um the unified Pixar theory that explains how all Pixar films take place in the same universe. No, I haven't seen that. It's 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 pretty convincing. Hmm. Um, and what you have to see is that uh, if a world was made uninhabitable, per Wally. Mm-hmm. What could live on Earth while there are no humans? Cars, Cars and planes. So yeah. there's some sort of android uprising. But who's making the oil? Well, I mean, yeah, the oil issue or the all in all, yeah, um, which is a alternative fuel uh, created by Eddie Izzard's. What's the character's name? Um, oh, um, Axelrod. Axelrod. He is fucking dreadful in this, by the way. I, I don't really want to single out performances because I think the whole thing is so maybe this being me being polite and not wanting to criticise actors in public but whenever you see a bad performance what you think is a bad performance a director got them to do that I think there was something like I've definitely I've seen good actors and Eddie Izzard is a good actor like I think he can be well all actors can be given the right role he's, he's turned in some very good performances and I have seen actors who I know are capable of good things and you watch them and you go, you're not doing the thing you're good at. Why aren't you doing the thing you're good at? Who was it that told you not to do that? Mm. Um, I saw a sitcom where a actor who does serious drama overacted massively where I thought the script in the TV sitcom called for um, a bit more nuance. I think and I know the one you mean. I think I remember going... But I know you can do nuance because you do it in drama. So why aren't you just... Why isn't someone going, you know the way you deliver that line, do it like that? But anyway. uh, my point about Izzard anyway yeah. is, is I, I think in this that everyone does a f- perfectly serviceable job, I think. Mm. But I think with him, it's like he isn't doing voice acting. He's just talking as he does. And I know that's probably why they brought him in. But I don't think it really matches the part the, he's playing. The idea of casting famous people in kids films is uh, one I slightly don't get behind because kids don't care mm. they don't care they don't no, know who Eddie Izzard give is a shit. Um, so it's either to persuade backers to give them money look we've got Eddie Izzard can you fund this thing or it's to persuade parents to take their kids it's, it's one of those two things Izzard's two voice acting parts I've seen him do is this and in that Narnia film both of which mm. I thought he just wasn't very good at it but he's good otherwise I just don't think he's a good voice actor. I thought actor. he was better in the Narnia thing, but maybe it's because there's a bit more physicality to that because it was yeah. uh, 3D. And, you know, Eddie is a very animated performer. And if you can't see him, are you losing something? But with this part, was it Axel... Miles Axelrod. Oh, Miles Axelrod. It would have been better as like a Patrick Stewart or something like that. Well, that is... Uh, I mean, that's a separate issue, which I agree with, by the way, because mm. I think Miles Axelrod, to bring yeah. you up to speed on the plot, yes. is a... Uh, billionaire who mm. got lost in the jungle and lived off I mean it does make much sense he seemed to convert himself into an electric car yes in the jungle and is now an advocate for clean energy and to promote clean energy he's organized a world racing championship between all the various types of racing uh, all of whom will use his clean energy all in all and then there's a bit where Mater is desperate to never leak, which I assume is a metaphor for 
Pickles. and consonants. Yeah. Um, but then it to do with oil and they they slightly muddy the waters. Yeah. Like this guy I don't like cars. Um, so he's got this uh, Formula One Italian. Presumably they weren't allowed to say Ferrari. Um, played by uh, John, Tut- John Turturro. Yeah. As I say Stanley Tucci, that's just me getting names wrong again. That's just um, the other bloke who does anything for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so John Turturro as an arrogant um, Formula One driver, and uh, they can't get um, Lightning McQueen because he uh, is has just finished a long and interminable race uh, season of American racing. Yeah, so the 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 plot twist is that Mars Axelrod is actually trying to undermine clean energy. You, you, that's a spoiler. Yeah, it's a which in a cars spoiler. film is. It's full of them. Quite funny. Yeah. The spoilers. But on the list of people who've spoiled cars too, I am some distance <laughs> behind John Lasseter. <laughs> um, did you read why John, how did John Lasseter come up with the idea for this film? The, this film rather yeah. than Cars Unit? No, and I didn't. Car, instead of Cars. He was on the tour promoting cars around the world and the first thing he thought of is, huh, I wonder what Mater would think of this country. I mean, So it's an idiot abroad? Yeah. So essentially with a tow truck. With he even m- said in the quotes, oh, I'd imagine Mater saying, isn't it funny that you drive on the wrong side of the road in England? And at the end, that is one of the jokes. So you can imagine him in the script meeting going, make sure you put in yeah. something about drive." I mean, to me, I mean, you've mentioned it before in great detail. You should not focus the, an entire film on that character. Yes. You should have Lightning McQueen getting caught up in a spy thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't understand that's why your main they have character, yeah. and then Mater is your comic relief. Yeah, you can use sparingly as yeah. a, you know, useful but um, limited presence who can maybe seem to be a bit irritating as he helps. I mean, in Cars One, he's the one who fixes uh, Lightning McQueen up, um, and then maybe dishes out some homespun wisdom towards the end. This is like if they went right. We're going to do a sequel to Of Mice and Men, right? Where is it, George? Yeah. Yeah. Where George is an international spy. Yes. Or gets confused for an international spy. Yes. And the other fellow, whose name I've forgotten. Lenny. Lenny just carries on doing what he was doing. And you're like, well, what what are you thinking? That George is going to go off and be James Bond. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Well, also, the way they get into this. So I'm, uh, I think at some point I'm probably going to have to repeat the entire plot that you can edit into the show earlier. Well, because we're jumping around a bit. Well, yeah. And and it probably gives the impression, John, uh-huh. that the plot makes no sense. Yes. And I think we need to make it clear that yes. it absolutely fucking doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, so, to, I mean, to skip back, if you remember the uh, date that Mater was interrupting, yep. Yep. on TV, mm-hmm. um, they have Miles Axelrod saying, well, we wanted to get... Uh, so This is being watched in a restaurant. Yes. And someone's shouting, my show's on. Because, obviously, you go to restaurants to watch TV. Mm-hmm. He says, my show's on, and uh, they're saying Lightning McQueen isn't doing it, he's too tired. And then the uh, race car, uh, the Formula One race car... Francesco Bernoulli. You don't have to pronounce it like that. Why do you say every ac- uh, every syllable? That's, uh, I'm that's, that's a quote, you see. Oh, I see. Um, yes, yeah, sorry. Because uh, um, the implication is that uh, Lightning McQueen's girlfriend uh, fancies the car, and he is threatened by this. Because he's um, got uh, exposed wheels. He's got exposed wheels, which, uh, again, metaphor. Got his cock out? Wheels on their hands, right? Exhaust pipe would be his cock, right? Well, that would be his anus. He's busy anus. What's a car's cock? <laughs> the 
You can't say gear. wheels because that would mean you'd have four yeah, cocks. The gear. Well, no, it wasn't. It's not exposed wheels. It's, you know, anyway, um, he, like to he seen... taunts Lightning McQueen. Yes, he does. With his exposed hands sl- slash cock. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mater phones in yeah. and says he's better than you. He'd beat you. And then uh, the Italian car is rude to Mater and. Um, that tomato, that's the pun they're doing. Yeah. Terminably. Yes, um, it's a good pun, isn't it? Uh, he's rude to him, and like McQueen is, hey, no one's mean to my friend, and mm. so suddenly there's a, a montage. Um, also, we discover that cars have phones. Yeah, they've got a phone booth. He has to yeah. get in. They don't have car phones, no. which means it's less technically advanced than Blade Runner. Exactly. It would make more sense if they had cars in the cars. Yeah. I mean, phones in the cars. In fact, doesn't the, when the uh, at the end when uh, spoiler alert um, when the queen knights Mater, she uses her aerial. Aerial, yeah. So they do have receiving equipment. Yes. Um, God. I've written. Why are they friends? Yeah, I've written that a few times actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and There's so no... so Light McQueen decides to take the challenge because he's, his friend's honor has been insulted, and for the first time he's going to take Mater with him, and they'd go to Japan. Yeah, for because the Sally of the gives, race. Him a, gives him a speech saying it would mean so much to him if you took him because he's re- you know he's mentally ill. Yeah. And he needs some help because he's I a think special the, the needs child. The phrase "learning challenges" yeah. is the preferred Sorry. term. Yeah. And it's just like, why are we stopping the film to take this utter prick with us on this journey? Yeah. Um, and yeah, as sorry. we said that Finn, um, Light McQueen is absolutely right not to take him because yeah. they go to the launch party which is in Japan yep. because inter- international market's going to international market um, where, by the way, Mater dresses up as a geisha if you yeah. want to talk cultural appropriation a, They also uh, go into a toy shop full of Lightning McQueen toys which I thought was fairly ironic seeing as this film was made to sell toys That's true Because I think the first film yeah. sold millions and millions of toys which is why they made a sequel. Well, that, yeah, that I, I I didn't read that, but I can absolutely believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at this event that, for example, Mater uh, embarrass. He's he's told, you know, don't embarrass me. Yes. So immediately he goes off and orders a big bowl of wasabi, which he takes to be pistachio ice cream. <sighs> yeah. And when that gets too hot, uh, he runs to the fountain that um, Lightning McQueen is giving a press conference in front of and starts drinking from the actual fountain. Presumably this is a press conference to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, well, he thinks he's leaked oil. He's very proud he's never leaked oil. And we later learn that he hasn't because it was a trick. But he goes into the toilets where a um, mix-up of communication leads to him being confused for a spy. There's also a line here that stood out to me. Ladies and gentle cars... Right. Ladies and gentle cars. So, I don't understand that. Are we saying that ladies are just cars and gentle cars are cars as well? Because ladies is a human term, isn't it? Yeah, but they're not... I, I don't think that's worth getting half on, personally. It, it I think out that's, to me. You know, that's trying to transpose the world of cars onto the world of humans and uh, a minor bit of wordplay oh wouldn't it be weird if they said that and like I don't, that's a whimsical. actually one thing i should say is when um when he orders a bigger and bigger bowl of wasabi wasabi yeah um the uh the chef serving him says something in japanese and it's translated in the subtitles as 
my condolences, yeah. which is a funny joke. Yes. That's, he doesn't know what's going on, and he's just said, you know, you're about to die. That, um, that made me, that, I thought that was a good joke. Um, but the main thing about this whole sequence is that Mater cannot take a fucking hint. Yeah. And the cross-communication is so tortured. Yes. A uh, little more, please. It is free, right? Keep it coming. A little more. Come on, let's go. It's free. You're getting there. Scoop, scoop. There you go. Now that's a scoop of ice cream. So, towards the end of the film, right at the end, Mater has a bomb on him and he's trying to get away to save his friends so they're not hurt in the explosion like at the end of um, Dark Knight Rises uh, and he says he shouts stay away from me you're going to get hurt which is a believable thing that you would say if you had a bomb strapped I mean it's not as believable as I have a bomb strapped to me but stay away you're going to get hurt is a, a critical message that in the in the mind of the viewer has a understandable an understandable literal meaning yes. that does not raise any alarms that doesn't go he wouldn't say that that's a weird way of saying it stay away from me you're going to get hurt and at this point having shunned him and felt bad about that lightning mcqueen says i know that's how you feel but i'm your friend and i'm here for you because he thinks he's talking about emotional hurt but he's actually talking about a literal bomb and that is a good i have no problem with that in the film at yeah. all um but up to that point, and especially in the, there's a scene in the middle uh, on the plane where uh, Michael Caine and Emily Mortimer say, um, hello, we're spies, we do spy stuff, you're a spy too, do you want to come and do some spying? And Mater goes, yep! Mm. And just, like, how stupid do we have to believe that Mater is? Very stupid. To not understand the ordinary meaning of what is being said. And all through the film he not just takes the stupidest possible interpretation, which would be one thing. Yes. But he goes above and beyond. And, like, the the leaps you would have to take to get to where he, like, assumes things... It just doesn't make any sense. The words don't work. No. They just don't work. That's... Uh, uh, I think the last thing I said before the recording fell is David Quantic has the theory of the Oxbridge narrative, which is where you take someone else's story and you drop sketches over the top of it. Holy Grail would be an example. Every scene is just a sketch, with, mm -hmm. you know, character going from sketch to sketch to sketch. And there's lots of points in here. The um, the scene where the American agent has agreed a rendezvous with uh, the American agent played by Bruce Campbell has agreed a rendezvous with uh, rendezvous a rendezvous with Michael Caine and Emily Mortimer, and it's in a toilet. And Mater has gone into the toilet, uh, and he comes out of the cubicle, and uh, the spy, realizing the game is up, slips the probe or the the. The, the, the critical document, you know, yeah. it's a spy parlance, uh, the critical document or the dug or the information, they slip it into an unsuspecting person. And that's, there's lots of funny films about spies that rely on the person being an ingenue or not realising. And in a space. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, it's, the, there's lots of bits of the film where they've just gone, what would happen in a spy film? Well, this. The trouble is it's around a, a character who is supernaturally, preternaturally stupid mm. and 
like you can't buy into it. And in the meantime, the character you liked, the character who went on an emotional journey in the last film, the character who's Owen Wilson, is the reason you've come back for this film, is just in the background having a bit of a cry because his friends acted like an arsehole in front of the world's entire press and he got a bit shirty about it. I think you're allowed to be a bit shirty when you've been humiliated by your friend. This is like making the other two prequel films from Star Wars about Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Yeah. Who, you know, a character who is supposed to be the comic relief and it doesn't work. And Tomater to, is supposed to be the comic relief in Cars and it doesn't work because he's so annoying. Yeah. But they've still built the next film around him. It's just bonkers. Yeah. And to do... Yeah, I guess I guess the theory would be that Lightning McQueen isn't stupid enough to forfeit. But why do a spy film? Mm. Why... Why are you doing a spy film? Why are you not just doing an international race? Grand Prix thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it? I guess because they didn't have any ideas. Smashpot. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Smashpot. And the the Mars Axelrod, the Eddie Izzard character, to have such a convoluted way of so his this is his dastardly plan. His dastardly plan is I will set up a world championship uh, for cars fueled entirely by my ecologically sound. All in all, uh, I will promote clean energy, and I will. Uh, also foil these cars and make them blow up and so people will lose faith in all clean energy because he also happens to own an oil field yes a big new oil field and therefore he will take money and uh, his backstory is he was laughed at for being a lemon remember Mm -hmm. a lemon is a bad car if you're british Mm. you won't remember that um and this is his victory because the oil field is owned by lemons and so that's that's the nefarious plot that necessitates a spy character to be on the case of it they have to bring in james bond because presumably they couldn't slowly work that out i guess um and therefore lightning mcqueen is too clever to fall for it 
so they have to give it to the idiot character, um, played by Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Um, Again, who is someone that British people know nothing about. Yeah, yeah. Because he never made it here. Well, his, his act is entirely American references, so, mm. it, yeah. It, we don't have Cable Guys here. We don't have Larry. No. no, no. We, we only had Larry Olivier. <laughs> we, we had the... We had It'd be much better if he was Larry the Olivier, the yeah. Cable Guy. <laughs> I am the Cable Guy. I never leak. Yeah. <laughs> um... But the, the, we should say that where Holly Shiftwell is Emily Mortimer's mm. character, but every time Michael Caine says her name, it sounds like Shitwell. Yeah, that which it, is it a becomes, problem. That as the film goes on. Do you know? Like, did you see that episode of Graham Norton where Benedict Cumberbatch was confronted with his inability to say penguins? Yes. And he did it. It had been a funny viral thing, and they said, "Have you seen this?" And he mm. looked genuinely a little bit annoyed. Yeah. And I think he had every right to be because if you're like I said, I was saying about. Um, if, if, if we hadn't been cut off by this point as I was mm. saying about Eddie Azar's performance someone signed off on that performance mm. no one in the voice booth went Benedict you say penguins instead of penglings mm. and clearly no one said to Michael Caine sorry Michael it sounds like you're saying shit can you yeah. say shift well yeah. because shift well because she's a car you see so mm. shift well is a, a plausible surname but it also has something to do with cars such as yeah. Miles uh, uh, Miles Axelrod mm. um, in fact it reminds me of um, the only retake well, I, I produced the news quiz for two years yes the only retake I ever made any panellist ever do sometimes you have to make the, um, the the presenter when I was doing it with Sandy Toxvig um, occasionally you had to get her to do a line again but she was pretty good and in fact um, used to just send a note down to the stage between rounds and she'd mm. do it so at the end of the show it would be like she would actually do the retakes before the credits. So the credits happen and we walk off stage. It actually takes the same amount of time as doing the credits at the end, but um, makes everyone feel like it's a complete show. The only retake I ever made a panellist do was when we gave Alan Corran a story about a cargo cult and he catastrophically mispronounced the word cult <coughs> to the point that I I cannot broadcast this unless I get him to say it again. So I went down to the stage and I said to Sandy, oh, can you do this? And then I went over to Alan and I said to Alan, um, I'm really sorry, Alan, I need you to give the answer to question eight again um, or 12 or whatever it was. And I said, um, because you didn't say cult. And he went, I didn't. And I went, no. And he went, oh, I can't believe... I'm so I'm so sorry, everyone. I just just the intro. Yeah, if you just say the intro, then everything else will be fine. I can edit around that. Anyway. <clears throat> well, Sandy, this is a motherfucking cargo cult. <laughs> but because he got to cult before the audience had realised what he said, the actual line. It's got a huge laugh, mm. but the actual line was clean, and I was able to edit around it, so that right. was fine. So you took out the motherfucking. Yeah. yeah. So if I can correct Alan Corrin as a twenty seven-year-old producer mm. john lassiter can say to michael kane can you stop saying shit <laughs> please stop saying shit um but the uh, american agent is is taken yes by the baddies and he's tortured yes he's uh, they use the uh, camera on him um well we see finally what the camera's for yeah it fires a infrared beam or something which reacts with the all-in-all which causes him to explode. Yeah, and so he actually he's, explodes. He's blown up. I thought, you know, considering what's happened in the last week or so, seeing someone tortured by an international conglomerate is bad taste. 
on behalf of Cars 2. Well, on behalf of the past. I mean, it's not their fault you chose to watch it this this it week. bloody is. It's, that it's is your fault. fault. It's my, oh, yeah. It's You've right, shown right. bad taste. That's, but I chose this weeks ago before the... Uh, That's true. And also, this isn't going out for a few weeks. So, That's true. Um, so no one knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I think I think the, uh, the idea of exploding cars is probably more of a problem given car bombs. That's true. Um, See, the past is catching up with us again. Yeah. Uh, Back to the IRA, this is... I was reading the thing about Obama's um, Obama's joke writer was talking about what the rules of writing jokes for presidents were, and mm. he said it's a real problem because you don't want to do jokes that retrospectively look really bad. Yeah. So you cited Donald Trump's. Uh, to be fair to Donald Trump, he doesn't have many good jokes. No. But um, he had a joke about um, when I'm negotiating with Kim Jong Un people say what's it like dealing with a madman and i say that's his problem not mine mm. which is a good joke it's yeah. self self-deprecating yes. it's and it's alluding to the fact that maybe he's acting out to get a reaction you know he wants people so mm. there's a lot but if we go to war like that's that joke is a problem yeah retrospectively so although it's good for the moment it's not and he said that, that was one of the things so but what i'm saying is i'm of all the things i'm blaming john lasseter for here uh you choosing to uh, watch this film the week after a Saudi journalist has been disappeared and suspectedly tortured to death is not one of them. No, it's true. We'll let because we've that. got way more things about how he's built a film around a fucking cunt <laughs> who will not take a hint, ruins his friend's life, um, uh, and then we're supposed to feel bad for him. Also, I would argue that at the moment it's the least of John Lester's problems. Yes, there are a lot of other things. He's on, was he on gardening leave? I don't know. I think yeah, I've been a sexy predator. Leave. He's been. He's been a. He's yeah. He's. It's those Hawaiian shirts. They're a dead giveaway. Yeah. It means there's something going on downstairs. <laughs> That's what I think. Anyway. Palm trees. Exactly. Yeah, palms. Hairy palms. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Filling um, with coconuts. Exactly. Coconuts. Shaking them from the veiny <laughs> love tree. Um, white hot. Uh, so Shiftwell approaches um, Mater, and he thinks they're going on a date. Uh, so they then torture. I mean, the this agent. is just male privilege. Yes. I mean, we've seen the cultural appropriation of him dressing like a geisha, uh, and now it's just any woman who talks to me must be attracted to. Yes. This is where he delivers the line, uh, "I like a proper detail before I meet a lady friend." Oh, no, that's yeah. during the race. He says that. Um, well, we get the World Grand Prix, which I've written here is bullshit. Yes. Because why would you have a Formula One car going on a dirt race? They wouldn't work. But it's the equivalent of. Um, like a triathlon, yeah. I guess. So some people are better at the running, some people are better at the swimming. True. It's a mixed ability. They wanted to bring everyone in, so there had to be a bit that the Formula One would be bad at, but then there's the lots of street racing. True. Which the, and he does win the race. Yeah. Spoiler alert, because he has got a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, and exposed wheels. And there's lots of shots that um, men like John Lasseter would have enjoyed of a camera sort of locked onto the side of a car as it goes very fast. Yeah. Which I'd imagine him and Clarkson loved. Yeah. I bet this is Clarkson's favourite film. I can't... He probably can't imagine a better film. No. It's better than the Grand Tour, anyway. <laughs> um, um, so the baddies are using a camera, as we discussed earlier, to mm. take out various sort of um, racers. Mm. They literally blow their engines. Mm. Not in a sexy way. <laughs> and uh, they have to leave Bonus the race. No, it's just cold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mater, uh, he's, on the, he's on the radio communicating with um, Lightning. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. And at one point, he gives him a good tip. He says something like, go fast. Yeah. And Lightning's like, thanks, Maiden. That's a really good tip. And then... Uh, um, In the th- same way that you praise your 
three-year-old's yeah. painting, yeah. even when it, they've just literally stuck their hand in some paint. Yes, so that, exactly. That's, that's the level at which Mater operates. He needs to be rewarded for... Basic knowledge. Yeah, yeah. anything. Well, you know, it's a good day. He, he said go faster in the race. He didn't try to eat the opponents, you know. That's yes, why. I know he's sticking things up his ass, but he's <laughs> practically good yeah. to have around. Um, but Mater then hears on the radio from Finn McMissile and uh, Shitwell that the baddies have seen him and they're coming to get him. So he starts... He because they recognise him from the footage from the toilet, they realise right. he's got the probe, so they're heading towards him. So he um, starts having a conversation with these people, which confuses Lightning McQueen, because at one point he says, go outside... And McQueen thinks that means go outside because at, at this point the he's winning. Lane. Yeah, yeah. No, again, he's winning the race. I don't have a problem with that wordplay. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so he goes out into the outside lane, and the uh, Formula One car zooms past him. Zooms past him. So it's a bad call. Yeah. Uh, and so McQueen loses the race. Uh, meanwhile, um, Mater goes on all sorts of adventures, watching Finn McMissile beat up loads of cars. Yeah. A karate demonstration. He thinks it is. Yes. Which is an utterly normal thing that he is familiar with. Yes. That he thinks is being put on with the people that he just met and are talking to him in his head. Yes. And he's not entirely sure how. Yeah. Which, because he's on the f- on the radio to Lightning McQueen. Yeah. At the same time, they've planted something on him so he can hear them? Or are they jacking the frequency? I think they're jacking the frequency. Right. But no one else can hear. They're only doing the speaker. They're not yeah. doing the frequency. Which and is... at one point, Lightning McQueen has to say to him, can you... Shut up yeah. and try and win a race. Let's, can we keep this line clear, please? That's right. Because um, Mater is just going, do you want to do the day? He's saying, I've just seen some karate experts. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't, it's not, like how stupid, again, you have to believe this character is the most stupid, like I, you, you would have to believe he was too stupid to move. Yes. In order to believe that he was stupid enough to think that he'd just seen an ad hoc karate demonstration yes that's that's what they're asking you to believe yes um and of course uh Lightning McQueen is rightly furious furious rightly so yeah rightly so because and I can't stress this enough Mater has acted like a fucking cunt oh big time yeah and so the idea that we're supposed to feel any sympathy where like Mater actually says, you didn't think I was talking to you, did you? Mm-hmm. Like Lightning's the idiot. Yeah. Like, you were on an open mic. Yeah. You knew you were on an open mic because you were having a conversation with Lightning McQueen. Yes, I thought you would, he couldn't hear it. Yeah. Which is a separate technological issue that, fine, for the sake of convenience, we'll pretend that Shitwell and McMissile could uh, isolate just one headset in that entire loop yeah but you knew you were talking to him you yeah. knew you were talking out loud yeah if i you know listen back to this podcast and say you didn't think i was talking to you did you john mm. you'd think i was a moron yeah because there is no one else in this room i mean no. you possibly think that already but no. i don't understand how we can possibly take any conclusion from uh we're clearly supposed to feel sorry for mater because he looks sad at being told off. And, and Lightning says to him, he doesn't need his help. Yeah. And so uh, Mater heads to the airport, where I noticed they had metal detectors. Yes. Cars are made of metal. Yeah, also... Or is it a flesh detector? Oh, that's... A, yeah, you've got a duck. Wow. But 
metal exists in our world. Yeah. And flesh doesn't exist in their world. No. So it can't be a flesh detector. So what's the metal detector? Plastic detector? Might be. I don't know. I mean, there's a bit later on when well, they go to a market and someone's I mean, selling body parts. It, it, yeah, that, I, and they're shocked by that, but they don't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, the but then, but then in Radiator Springs, there's a body shop where they can get new tires and new bits of. Well, I guess those are those gloves. I don't know, but not my point. A, a point I read on the internet somewhere a, a while ago. Um, why are there metal detectors? Mm. Has there been a terrorist incident? Mm-hmm. Did nine eleven happen in? the cars slash planes universe it was by Okama bin Laden and <laughs> or Okama bin lorry <laughs> bin lorry bin lorry yeah. yes but the planes are sentient <laughs> yes so did a plane fly itself into the cars twin towers yes is that what we're saying yeah is that is that John Lasseter's canon yes version with of this two world? cars up his ass with two cars from Saudi What's Arabia side with knives yeah uh, there were four four planes Presumably not in on it, but being no. forced to do something, to which do doesn't it. look like you can force them to do anything. From we've gone on a digression. Also, yeah. we should point out that um, one of the things that make makes Mater feel bad is that he hears uh, finger um, missile. No, he hears Lightning McQueen oh, yeah. tell a press conference. We know what the problem is, and it's not going to happen again. That's right. Yeah, which, which sounds like they've killed him. Yeah, which is, again, an utterly fair thing. Like, if at the very least they don't let him on a microphone, mm. or at the very least they say, can you tell, you know, well, you've got a button you have to press before you can talk. Identifying a problem and making sure that problem doesn't happen again yes. is not the mark of a bully who no. doesn't care about his friend. No. It's the mark of a competitive racer whose livelihood and reputation is on the line. Yes. I have no sympathy. Um, shall we talk about the letter that Mater leaves or that is forged well, in his name? I'd first like to, before we get to the letter, mm. mention that when um, Mater gets to the airport, where we see the metal detectors, mm. Michael Caine arrives yellowed up. True. Pretending to be a Japanese car, and even says, "Oh, come with me, sir." Does he? Oh, yeah. He does, yeah. And he I thought the that's voice. the car equivalent of being Mr. Chow Main from Benny Hill, isn't it? It's Mickey Rooney from um, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, which. But yeah, I just wanted or, to get that. Or out there. Uh, John Wayne in The Conqueror. Yes, he plays Attila the Hun. Yeah, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan, sorry, yeah. Attila the Hun's not in it. Yeah, but um, he got cut yeah. out. The worst. Um, there's a long bit in a, an episode of Paul Sinha's History Revision, which I produced, about that film because it killed 20% of its cast and crew. It did because they filmed in the Nevada <laughs> desert where they did the nuclear tests. And Howard Hughes, who financed it, uh, paid for the soil to be brought back to the lot in Hollywood so that the scenes would match up even better with authentic so even more people were exposed to radiation than uh, originally and Howard Hughes felt so guilty about that Uh, that's what basically sent him mad Um, and he bought up every copy of the film cost him 12 million dollars which was more than it had cost to make and he had it played to him every night in a private screening room with a projectionist who was ordered to be blindfolded throughout so that he couldn't actually see how bad it was. That wasn't in the aviator, was it? No, they they skipped over that bit, didn't they? Arseholes. Murdering John Wayne and the director and some of the finest actors working on John Wayne, who had to wear a wetsuit to the Oscars just before he died, because he was so thin. Really? Yeah, otherwise he looked really ill. He looked ill anyway. He was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the letter. Yes, so this is forged. Is this a genuine letter? It's a genuine letter that he's written with... 
Presumably wheels. Yes. Um, don't feel bad. I'm leaving. Uh, P.S. I didn't mean to order those films. I thought I was just ordering the preview. Yeah. P.S. That's funny right there. P.S. That's funny. Uh, and so on. Is so he on. laughing? Now, that's funny because it's P.P. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, with <laughs> jokes that work on two levels. Yes. Um, I, I, there's a joke at the start of Robots. Have you seen Robots? No. You and McGregor. It's quite. It's it's not bad. It's it's perfectly fine. Um, but there's a joke where um, the father of the main character comes to Ewan McGregor uh, is running home going I'm going to be a dad I'm going to be a dad I'm going to be a dad and they're robots right mm-hmm. uh, hence the name of the film and yeah. he goes through the door and he went I missed the delivery and the wife is holding the box because they're robots so it's a literal delivery, delivery yeah. and she looks at him saying don't worry they do say making it is the fun part right right now that's a good joke that's a good joke because mm. the kids it just moves past um, it's a thing that you would say about a kit, like mm-hmm. Lego, making mm-hmm. it is the fun part. Yeah. But also adults understand they're talking about sex. Mm-hmm. So that's a joke that works on two levels. Yes. I didn't mean to order that film. I thought it was a preview. Is specifically a pornographic film reference. <laughs> and I don't know what meaning kids can get out of that no. without knowing about pornography. So that's the point in the film. We, we've both seen this because we're dads. Yeah. How, how's yours? Uh, five and seven. Five, right, so my same as mine are um, six and eight, so right. uh, same same sort of standing. Um, yeah. That's the point where I think they look at you and go, what does that mean? Yeah. In the same way that watching the first episode of Blackadder 2, uh, after during that first scene, I turned to my dad and, Dad, what's a prostitute? <laughs> yes, Kate, I want you to become a prostitute. Oh, I don't get that joke. That's a word I don't understand. Dad, explain it to me. It's a woman who has sex for money. Which is a bit sexist to him because it'd be a man who's sex with Could money as well. Yeah. But um, in this instance, it was it's a, a bit woman regressive if you're yeah. dead. Yeah, I'm I glad. hope you're going to have words. I'm glad he's dead. Oh. <laughs> oh. I didn't say that on Griefcast. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so that's a so that's a joke about pornography, and I don't understand what the secondary meaning is, which is another example of how badly written this film is, mm. and how it's not in any way a kids' film. It's a adults imagining of a kid's film and again look at this cow this came this was the first film they made the the three films before this ratatouille wally up mm. those are brilliant films yeah those are brilliant empathetic human films even though like wally the first 20 minutes is a silent movie with no humans in yeah. and there is more humanity in it in those 20 minutes than there is in cars 2 um up starts by slapping you around the face with oh. a stillbirth yeah. Or a um, uh, a miscarriage. Yeah. And doesn't let you forget it. And you watch the man's wife age and die. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, beautiful, but horrible. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. I was, Mark Kermode's theory on that is uh, you didn't actually enjoy the film, but as an adult, but you were just punched in the face repeatedly for the first four yeah. minutes, so that you sat down and shut up, so the kids could enjoy the silly film about the old man and I the mean, talking dogs. I mean, to the dogs. point where my kids don't enjoy it, they think it's boring. Yeah. I'm like, it's really important. Yeah. I'm a grown up. Yeah. Um, and Ratatouille, you know, it's a rat that can control someone with by putting their hair. Mm. I mean, that's just one of the classic all-time stories. Mm. So to come off a run of those three films and... Uh, sorry, yeah, oh, Toy Story 3. God, it's worse. Was this after Ratatouille, Wally, Up, Toy Story 3, Cars 2. Jesus Christ. This is like a really bad day after a party. That is unbelievable. I can't believe they let this put this out. They let him put it out as Pixar. 
there must have been a conversation where they said, can you just put it out as a Disney film and not Pixar? It must do, because, I mean, to be honest, this is where bed. we get... Because after the cast two, there's Brave, which is good. Yeah, but it was another huge problem, though, wasn't it? Someone got fired and they had to finish it and oh, yeah, it wasn't what they wanted. Yeah. And But that's followed by Monsters University, which is not good. No. Then Inside Out. Which is okay. It's a bit better. Yeah, but the then good, you get um, the good dinosaur. Yeah, which I've not seen. Not good. It's Finding Nemo with dinosaurs. Right. Yeah. Then um, Finding Dory. Terrible. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, Cars Three, which is better than Cars I Two. Haven't seen it. And then Incredibles Two. Uh, Coco. Coco it was okay. Then Incredibles Two. I didn't like Incredibles Two. I haven't 2. seen. Um, Sorry, because my kids, my kids have moved on to the. Uh, do you know what's interesting about AK stats is you can actually see the points at which people stop listening. Um, it was probably about half an hour. Ago. <laughs> yeah. um, it was probably when we decided it was going to be cast two. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if anyone listens. No one's um, listened to this. We can cool. talk. Like. Fine. I thought it was a good film actually. What uh, cast two? Yeah, no, it was a brilliant. It's probably the greatest film of all time. Mm. That's not an opinion I'm ever going to be held to because no one's going to no. hear this. No. Um, my kids have moved on to the Marvel films, so. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you something actually. Um, you know when they because when we go back to the airport. Finn and um, Shitwell. Shitwell and Toe Mader mm. are chased by the lemons yes. through the airport and the the plane is waiting for them so they go into the plane yeah. I thought it would have been a nice move here to have the voice of the plane as Goatsy <laughs> <laughs> because he's literally opening his, but, yeah, his arse like opening himself up. and they're driving into it I thought that would have been a nice touch for the dads yeah and, and, seeing, and seeing as they weren't a, a, against Putting in jokes or references that children would not get. It's yeah. sort of, well, why not? What, yeah. anything. what There are no rules in this universe. In this chase. Um, so, uh, McMissile has a marble that turns into a bomb that he rolls down. Oh, it's, it's he can, a camera, doesn't the it? Camera, and then he ha- can cut through glass, glass with a probe that comes out. Who's making he, the glass? He has a cannon when they get into that. Yeah. Um, and he's towing tomato and then says you just keep going forward spins them round and all sorts of weapons come out of him the plane flies down and shoots the plane all of the suitcases that are presumably for the cars yeah the suitcases are being carried across in a non-sentient car carriage yeah series of carriage i mean it looks like the thing they take suitcases out i mean presumably the these things that are carrying the suitcases have been lobotomized and are just given a meaningless well, tasks. Yeah, but it's like well, how it could much be of it, is it, if it is it just the the thing pulling that chain of cages with the suitcases in mm. that's the sentient bit, or is that whole thing? Because it again, the rules are so inconsistent. This is the part of the film where um, a uh, one of the lemons chasing a lemon yeah. is a bad car. Yeah, um, jumps, goes up a ramp, goes through the plane. Yes. And lands in a toilet truck. Which, full of shit. Full of shit. Yeah. But there are no cars. So maybe they'd say like some oil or some... Yeah. Oil. But that's sentient. So they have, an, they have a person, proxy, yeah. whose job it is to suck the shit out of people. <laughs> There's a, a, a historian I follow on Twitter who went on a rant about knights. You see a film about knights because uh, yeah. to support a knight, um, you need a certain amount of food to be produced, and you need a blacksmith, for example, to make the armor. And mm-hmm. so, for the blacksmith, uh, he'll need the metal to be mined. And when you see 
like a Game of Thrones universe where it's all just knights. Like, no, that's where are, where's the rest of the universe? I mm. think Cars 2 shows that actually sometimes you don't want those questions answered. No. Because you go, oh, right, well, you know, where do they get the fuel? Oh, something spits the fuel into their bodies. Yeah. And then something else sucks it out. I think I was fine not thinking about the fuel issues. Also, earlier on, they're drinking cocktails, which it says is oil. Yeah. So is the oil coming from their bodies? Well, the the oil leak is very much an analogy for incontinence. The the implication is he pissed himself. Yes. So if the drinks have oil in, and then oil is what comes out, so that's the same thing. Yeah, so they're drinking piss. Yeah. Which yeah, Axel Rod was lost in the jungle. Maybe that's what he, he lived probably on. Did, but, didn't uh, he? That's probably came up with it all and all. Yeah, and why no one finds any of this weird? Yeah. Um, so they go on the plane, and um, McQueen. And this is where this is the, this is where they have the conversation about, hey, uh, Mater, spy, we're spy, you spy, and he goes, oh, I like trucking. Yeah. And just refuses to engage with ordinary human language. Also, Finn says to him, your cover of being an idiot is very good. And that upsets Mater a bit as well. Yeah. He's like, my cover of being an idiot? 35,000 cars were made with this engine. You're pretty. Yes, all right, thank you. And so nice. Just pay attention. This seems like a dead end. If there was something in the photo that could narrow this down a bit, I'd be a lot happier. You might not be happy, but I bet this fella is. See how he's had most of his parts replaced? And see all them boxes over there? Them's all original parts. That's just me being impression. Is that where he has the flashback, or is that later? I think that's later. That's, oh, that's before the clock. Yeah, and this is when they go to prop, uh, Sorry, they go to Paris hmm. uh, inside the plane's arse, voiced by Goatsy. And there are cars at the market, as I mentioned earlier, selling car parts. And they find Finn's informant. And then he says to him, are you... He says something to him like, are you the informant? And he says, is the Pope Mobile Catholic? And again, that's just... Because later on, you see the Pope Mobile inside another Pope Mobile. Yeah. Again, this is... I mean, surely you should say, is the Pope Mobile a Catholic converter? That would be a good... That would be a funny joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I can see you getting boycotted in certain parts of the world. True. But... This is another example of the John Lasseter's conviction that we find all this inherently interesting and amusing. The idea of um, transposing modern, uh, transposing one world into another. So yeah. transpo- imagine if cars were real, what would the world look like? And it's you know not so far from sort of standard comic tropes, anthropomorphized animals, which. I'm the producer of John Finnemore's Souvenir Programme. But we, ha- we have a special category for animal whimsy. Um, but it but works think, with animals. Sorry? It works with animals it and d- monsters. Well, yeah. but it, And it could theoretically work with cars. But when you do a joke about the Pope-mobile, yeah. you're... Right, you've just inv- invented... Um, religion. C- car religion. Yeah. You know, so what it right? So you've acknowledged the existence of a pope. It's it's ladies and gentlemen. It's those. Oh, that's a good gag. Mm. Like if that was on. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. I'm sorry, I haven't a car. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I haven't a car. Uh, if they did, uh, if they were doing jokes about um, uh, religious cars, 
for whatever reason, is the Pope Mobile a Catholic, would get a laugh because it's a funny idea. It's a phrase you know with a slight twist in it and, you know, if you were in the right... But here it doesn't make sense because it opens up the world. And I think there's absolutely no quality control on... They've thrown every idea at this script and I don't, it doesn't feel like they've ever gone back to revise it. I keep thinking that is it, if this was a Dan Harmon, Justin Roiland universe... Mm. I keep thinking how Cronenberg it would be that the cars would be driving around in like a skin-covered creature with a face yeah. and arms that flap around instead of wheels. But the, yeah, but the cars don't go. They want the action of cars. They're obsessed with cars. Again, it's a yeah. very American thing of being obsessed with hot rods and yeah. decals and all, all the rest of it. And the nitro, I think, in the first one. Mm. Like, there's all these elements of car mythology which. Like, oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't have gone to see the film. Maybe like if maybe the clue was it's about cars. And yeah. if you're not interested in cars, there's nothing for you here. Yeah. But the thing is, it comes from Pixar, who have the last three films they made before Cars 1, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles. Yeah. And so, oh, I want to see what these guys do about cars. And then they make Cars, which is, again, Doc Hollywood. It's perfectly serviceable. Yeah. It's not a terrible film. And they follow it up with Ratatouille. And, you know, I, I have this... Uh, you know, I, I have a theory. The, the very worst REM album is fine. Mm. That's the worst they ever got. Mm. They got, oh, that's okay. Mm. I might play it once every couple of years. The best stuff is incredible and amazing. And, you know, if Pixar looked like a studio where their worst film is fine, mm. I'll go and see everything they make. Mm. I'll re buy every REM album. Mm. Um, then they start releasing Cars 2 and Monsters University. <laughs> That's, they just yeah. start getting into sequels. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier that um, a lot of people pinpoint the point where Pixar started to decline is when Joe Raft, mm. I think it's Joe Raft, forgive me if I'm wrong, mm. died in a car crash, ironically. Yeah. And he was someone who had a great deal of creative input. And then when he died, they started getting pressured into doing sequels and the quality control fell yeah. off. A lot of people say, like, for instance, The Good Dinosaur would have been a lot better had he been alive. Right. Brave would have been a lot better had he been alive. But they slowly started to decline. I mean, even, like, people are saying, oh, Incredibles 2 is amazing. It's like, well, no, it's not. It's it's basically the first film again, but from a different point of view. Mm. So unless they start doing things that are original, which, as we mentioned earlier, Toy Story 4 is hot on the heels of this. Mm. Not this, but of... Incredible too. It suggests they're not going to do yeah. anything original. But I think it's that um, you know it's a broader conversation you need to have about how the film industry works, which is mm. they need you know properties that are already known are easier to market. The Die Hard with a uh, Die Hard Four was not written as a Die Hard film. No, but nor was Die Hard Three. I didn't know about Die Hard Three. I knew yeah, about Die that Hard was a 4. script called Simon Says. Really? Which they converted into Die Hard 3. Works very well. I think it's yeah. better than Die Hard 2. But yeah. Die Hard 4 is just has nothing to do with anything. Why, apart from having, you know... Um, In fact, Die Hard 2 was, a, was another book that they adapted into Die Hard 2. So there's only been one Die Hard film, yeah. and the rest is just, can we get Bruce Willis in a vest? Yes. Because um, it wasn't the, I want to say Miami Vice TV series... That wasn't pitched as Miami Vice. That was pitched as something else. Michael Mann, wasn't it? And then they realised that, oh, if we made this Miami Vice, mm. you've got the first uh, half yard in people's heads. Oh, Miami Vice, I know what that is. Yeah. And so if you can go in with those characters and do something new with them, then there's nothing wrong with that. You know the story about Robin Hood, the Russell Crowe one? Yeah. Yeah, where... The Sheriff in Nottingham. It was CSI Sherwood Forest. It yeah. was the Nottingham searching for... Um, 
Robin and then it got turned into just another Robin Hood movie yeah. the same one we've always seen but they can't make the original film because they've sold it and it's been transformed yeah. uh, and Cars 2 like I'm how this has any connection yes that's, like, that's no, I mean, in its defence it's a new story mm. because I haven't heard how these race cars became spies before mm. so at least they're doing something new with it mm. but it, it it bears no logical connection there's no correlation to it and the universe doesn't work well the point is, is that most Pixar films up to this point have a semblance of heart yes. buried within them heart, I mean Cars particularly has the Paul Newman character being the heart of the piece mm. and teaching him that you can be a nice person this doesn't have any heart into it it's a very cookie cutter you know spy movie yeah, yeah. buried within cars and it doesn't work for that in that respect Isn't there a, there's a joke in tv go home um where they let a 12 year old boy write a cop show because they decided that would that would, that's what their demographic wants mm-hmm. and so he writes a policeman called john fuck in a in a show called hard as fuck <laughs> And this feels like a a, a a thirteen-year-old's version of doing a spy film. Yes. What with, if they're all cars? Yeah, but but they're all cars. Mm. I, it doesn't feel thought through. It doesn't matter. Like anything can happen. Nothing matters. Yeah. The, he, the most you you know Bond better than me, but it was realizing that the most important scene in any Bond film is Q. Mm. Because he's given you the tools to get out of this mess. Yeah. That's what, that's the whole point. It's like Bond has to get out. Whatever happens, Bond has a ring that blows glass and an exploding pen. Mm -hmm. That's all he's got. So whatever problem it is, that's how he faces it. And that's the rules. That's the rules of that film. That's how he gets out of it. If they suddenly go, oh yeah, and I can fly. Mm. Which happens in this film. Yes. Shitwell can fly. Yes. Which is revealed quite late on but it's standard yeah well why do you do that why do you need a plane exactly. you just like going into people yeah it's very odd it's and so the universe like because the trans the transposition hasn't it, it is never going to be perfect but it's up to the filmmaker to fix that to work out the level of metaphor on which we're working mm-hmm. because it has to all make sense it has to all fit together and this film, where are we up to? We're on the plane. It just doesn't. No. No. But meanwhile, McQueen and everybody have gone to Italy. Yeah, although and it does sad. look a lot like Monaco, doesn't it? That's, it does look like Monaco. Yeah. But he's sad because he's upset Mater because obviously, well, they, as we mentioned before, they've read his letter. And Franco Nero... Where he apologises for watching the porn. Where he apologises for watching mm. pornography. And Franco Nero is voicing the Italian car who gives him sage advice. What did I do? I, I said some things during our fight. And... You know, back when Guido Luigi used to work for me, they would fight over everything. They fight over what Ferrari was the best Ferrari. Which one of them looked more like a Ferrari? There were even some non-Ferrari fights. So I tell them, Everbell, it's okay to fight. Everybody fights now and then, especially best friends. Are you gonna make up fast? No fight more important than friendship. Chi trova un amico, trova un tesoro. 
What does that mean? Whoever finds a friend, finds a treasure. Now, manja! E dove è la mia scena? Ma tu So who's, who's the father of his regular um, pit crew guy? Yeah, we Death should Day mention as well that everybody in Radiator Springs is like Manja language. Yeah. There's a little stereotype for every oh, yeah, there's kind a, of there's person. A, there's an Italian, there's a Mexican, there's an Italian, old lady, yeah. there's a stoner. It's a hippie, there's a general, Yeah, uh, a soldier. God. Uh, anyway, so um, Mater is using machine to turn into different forms so he can go undercover. There is one very unsettling <laughs> scene. Oh God! Uh, sorry, we uh, we missed out the uh, I'm Finn McMissile British intelligence. Yes, I'm Mater average intelligence. Yes, not average, mate. No, fucking stupid. Well, well uh, but there's a, there's, there's a um, oh yeah, there's a bit where sorry, I'm going to go back to the French thing. You go on, drop this in. Um, there is a bit where Holly Shitwell says, uh, you know. They've had this chase with someone who turns out to be a informant. Yes, CI of uh, of McMissile, and he's going. Well, I haven't seen you since uh, me, um, Morocco fifteen years ago. Oh, we got out of it though, didn't we? And Shitwell says, "Yeah, yeah, we get it. You're old. You know each other," which was a moment, rare moment of self awareness. I mm. thought, just you're doing a spy film. You're saying the things that people say in spy films. It's a, that's a line that could have gone in. Like Liz Hurley could have delivered that in Austin Powers. Yes. You, yeah, we get it. You're old. You know each other. We needed yes. it in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, because that would have saved a lot oh, we'll, of time. We'll do what we did in Morocco. You forgot about Berlin. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, the, uh, the wise words the Italian guy has. Sorry, I'm just going through my notes. Yeah, here, go on. Yeah. Um, are everybody fights, especially best friends. Yeah. Never had a fight with my best friends. No. Never. No. That's, I mean, they're my mates. Yeah. It's fine. If I was hanging around with somebody who was interminably annoying, I'd have a lot of fights with them, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, but if you're... I wouldn't... I mean, on a point of principle, I mean, you, you know, other people may take a different view, but one of the reasons they're my mates is because I don't think they're fucking cunts. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I've been using that phrase a lot, but it you really, have. if you watched Cars 2, you'll understand why. Yeah, well, I have written here as my note, I wish Mater would die. <laughs> So, but he's not alive. How can he die? Well, exactly. Just take him out to the desert and let him rust. Cuban. Um, um, but the, the, we, we reached the second race in the World Grand Prix in Italy. Could I mention, yeah, the one thing about the uh, d- the disquieting thing is to, um, you say, rightly, that uh, Mater is going, he's disguised. Yes. Um, so he can sneak into the lemons. Uh, layer. Layer. Yeah. Um, and to get the big truck, that he's about the same size he's going to disguise him as to exactly leave the same place yeah. um, Shiftwell puts on an Italian accent and says my papa is so his car is so broken will you come and help him and flutters her eyelashes at him yeah. and then they go around the corner and she tasers him Yeah. but that is that's really like because it looks like she's trying to get the entire gang to follow her yes which is yeah <laughs> it's an unsettling th- it's a, just a moment of tension of well they're going to follow her around and then she's going to beat them all up. But what, what do it yeah, again? Yeah. It's not ideal, is it? No, not really. Um, but as you mentioned, Mater does go in disguise hmm. and she takes out the tow truck and he goes in, he tows, he has to tow the bad guy, the lemon, yeah. out of a truck into the mansion. 
Now I'm trying to think of the human equivalent of that. Would sedan that be chair. carrying sedan chair? Sedan chair. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I should mention at the beginning when he tows that car, who's a lemon mm. that you mentioned From right the at the beginning, right at the desert. A lemon is a bad car. When he puts the hook on the back of the car, he goes, "Ooh," and it's like he's putting it in his anus. Right, and then dragging him and dragging him via the anus. Mm-hmm. So this is a sedan chair up the anus. Yeah, carrying, that he's demanded. Carrying <laughs> over. I've never been so insulted. It's made to wet. <laughs> uh, and and Mater then starts talking like a complete fucking idiot in front of all these bad guys. This is one of the bits I minded least. This really? is a because st- what's happening is he's got this uh, magic technical kit that brings up the crime files of everyone. Yes, and the inability to control his mouth, which is implausible in the earlier scenes and many of the later scenes and lots of, almost the entire film he's saying ah yes that's a good point john rain also known as the rain man who is wanted in macedonia albania sweden he's reading too much of the cue card yes which is a standard comic trope and like of all the points where he should shut up or should know to shut up but doesn't, that is the one that is actually in keeping with character. I was He's, known as the Rain Man at school as well. I imagine, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not even telling you what I was known because as. Because I'm an idiot savant. Because <laughs> you used to hang out with Tom Cruise. That's right. I wish uh, I still did. <laughs> not since the payments. Um, you'll have to cut that. Uh, the uh, Yeah, the so that didn't... Uh, letting on too much... It's, um, you know, a good version of it would be Cusco in The Emperor's New Groove. So that, as a piece of comic scripting, was uh, far from the worst thing. And then we get a bit more of the plan, Mm -hmm. uh, that bit of the film. Now, what's weird here is Mm. Shiftwell appears to have worked out that it's not an act. Oh, my God. This idiot tow truck, it's not an act. Mm. But McMissile hasn't worked it out and Shiftwell doesn't tell him. No. I don't know why. Yeah. But the, the Lemons are having a meeting. Yeah. And the little uh, German car from the beginning with, with the, the monocle, monocle. For no reason. He comes in and we're thinking, oh, he's the big baddie. And I think we already know at this point he isn't the big baddie. There's, there's somebody else working there. And the big baddie comes down to give a video message because he says that he has been held up because he had some sort of engine problem. Yeah. And we only see his engine, which is like uh, a baddie in a film showing just showing her tits. Yes. I don't know, because it's an engine. It's what makes them work. Is it just like putting a microscope up the arse yeah. and just showing the colon? Sorry I'm late. Sorry yeah. I can't make it out. I'm showing you my inner workings. It's my, my lower intestine. Yeah. That's that's basically what he's doing. Yeah. But he reveals that, you know, they're going to carry on with the plan of shooting people. Blowing things up. Blowing things up and to prove that all in all doesn't work. Or they should then, use fuel. Yeah, to, to go back to real fuel. Mm. And um, here are all my oil rigs again that we saw earlier yeah. in the video. The um, oh, that's yeah. When um, when Miles Axelrod is railing against uh, fossil fuels in his uh, green eco warrior incarnation mm. earlier in the film, he um, he does say, "I mean, fossil fuels. It's in the title. It's in the name. Fossils. Dead dinosaurs. We know what happened to them." The thing is, in other hands, you could take that as a joke. Mm. Like, yeah, we know what happened to them. That's why they're in the ground. And, you know, yeah. it's sort of, it's tautologous. You could imagine that joke. In a film you trusted more, mm. that joke could 
that could be taken as a joke. Whereas yeah. in this film, which you don't trust because there's no one you like and it doesn't make sense and the world is inconsistent, it just goes, what are you talking about? Mm. And it's really weird how so many allowing the elements that don't work into the film undermines bits, not only the bits that do, but bits that potentially could because you're no lo no longer willing to give this film any benefit any credit yes it's if a good bit gets in it's an accident yes it's not what they meant to do so right. i think that's um yeah the, and also so they have the race and they blow up some more cars blow up some more cars uh shit well spots where the camera is being mm. used from so finn races to stop them yeah and, gets and when he gets there he's captured by a magnet yes which I think um, would be a more obvious thing to yeah. be aware of. Uh, McQueen wins the race, meanwhile, mm -hmm. and he sees... Just. Yeah, just. And then he, and he and the, the race Formula car one. don't realise there's no. been a crash. And when they get to the finish line, they see the crash. Uh, and uh, they're like, oh, no. And uh, McQueen announces he will carry on using all-in-all because Axelrod comes out and says, we're not going to use all-in-all yeah. for the next race. And in the meantime, um, Shitwell is also captured mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Mater... He's about to be captured, but uses his machine guns. Yep. Another American obsession. Well, cars, is, and uh, guns. cars and guns. Uh, and uh, he escapes. And he starts talking to his internal uh, computer. Use that thing I wanted to use last time that didn't work. And they're like, okay. And fires out a parachute. Mm. And he floats off. But he's captured as well. And and, um, and McQueen Well, Mater has a dream mm -hmm. about all the times he's everyone said he's an idiot yeah he suddenly realizes he's a cunt yeah yeah but what's interesting like at this point they say to lightning mcqueen who is feeling bad hmm. despite the fact that he lost a race because mater is a cunt yeah and then sacked him and won the next race yes but he feels bad and he wants to bring mater back yeah. and he decides that the only way to honor mater's memory is to compete in the next... He's going to use, as I've written here, he's going to continue to use all in all because of friendship. And also, everyone from Radiator Springs turns up because Mater hasn't come home. Yeah. So everybody says... I think Sally says, we came as soon as we heard. Which... Heard what? What, that Mater disappeared? Yeah, but they didn't know that. They thought he'd gone home. Have True. They, have they revealed... Like, did they say, oh, Mater's left? And they go, well, he isn't here. Mm. There's, There's no explanation. Yeah. It feels very odd. And um, so Mater wakes up and he's in London inside oh, Big but, Bentley. But, yeah, but that's not a bad gag, to be fair. That's fine. But it's, it looks like a, a giant but luxury watch. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look like sense. a car. No. Um, the montage of realisation of realising that, oh, I'm a cunt, yeah. is an hour and 12 minutes in wow. at this point of an hour and 40 film. Most of us had clocked it during the first film, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so he's inside Big Bentley and Mater reveals to Finn and Shiftwell that he isn't a spy. After all. Uh, shift, shift well already knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, so McQueen starts the race and everyone from Radiator Springs has arrived. The baddie's laser doesn't work when they point it at McQueen. Because as we find out later, a part, one of the Radiator Springs guys, the army truck, mm -hmm. talks the hippie, the hippie one into using normal petrol. Organic. Organic, that's right. Organic petrol. Yeah. Again, not a petrol head, don't know much about cars. What's organic petrol? No idea. Unleaded? Hmm? Unleaded? Must be. That's it's not particularly good for the environment. No, not really. 
but they but, but this is something they literally drop in in the last second of the film yeah pretty much oh i i talked to him and he said do this so i did it yeah uh, um, so also uh, so there's there's a race going on around london yeah. um and they have not closed the roads no they have not there's, there's lots of buses lots of shots of the london eye london eye is in the background of almost every shot yes which makes me think it's a slight concentric circle around the south bank mm-hmm. they must have been driving um but they tell mater at this point that there's a bomb in the pit mm. so mater races to the pit to get there oh, the, the lemons tell him there's a bomb the in lemons the pit, tell him that. knowing that he will then run to the pit yes but the bomb as yep. i explained earlier yes is on mater yes and Shiftwell, at this point, they uh, they're, they're locked in the cogs of uh, the the clock in Big Queen, Bentley, Be- Big Bentley, the Queen yeah. Elizabeth Tower. Um, to give it, it's not Big Ben; it's Queen Elizabeth Tower. Yeah. Um, although I think it was probably St Stephen's Tower at the time this film was made. It would made have been St Stephen's Tower to, to give them credit. Um, and so the Citroen's Tower. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just, just throw it in, John. Just throw it in. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the gear is going to crush them, and they found a way to uh, use the taser that she, she reverses used the polarity. to reverse the polarity of the flux wave capacitor. Yeah. Which is um, every episode of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> we need to reverse the polarity of the flux wave. She reverses the polarity, and it goes the other way. And it's not entirely clear how that's better because it's still going into a cog. Well, it tucks in the opposite way, which buys them about four seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And that way they can start driving and then the, ropes the clog, uh, no, the ropes break or they're cut by the cog just there straining apart. Yeah. And they get out and Holly Shitwell turns <coughs> into a plane. Plane, yeah. Um, it's standard on and all Finn drives out of the door down the bottom at the same time as she leaves as a plane. Yeah. So he must have just fallen down the stairs. I gotta get y'all out of there! There's no time. The Queen needs your help, Mater. But I can't. I'm just a tow truck. It's up to you. Go to the pits and get everyone out. And all she must have waited. Pit. Yeah. For yeah. the look of it. And then they brought, obviously we all know, um, as recording this in London, that outside Queen Elizabeth Tower is uh, Parliament Square, but they just sort of run onto a street that has not been closed. Which well, where we are doing... right now, we're not that far from St Citroen's Tower. Well, we're quite far. We're right quite over. far, yeah. I was trying to make American people think that we're... All in one... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep it down. The Queen's trying to sleep next yeah. door. Um, the... Uh... Yeah, so McQueen chases him and Mater shoots rockets to zoom off. Yeah. Because he's saying to him, like you said earlier, that I, I'm dangerous, I've got a bomb, except he doesn't say that. Yeah. He says, I'll hurt you if you come near me. Which, again... Would worry me if someone was mentally deficient and they said, "I'll hurt you if you come near me." Yeah, you wouldn't keep going after them. No. Also, there's there's um, uh, events come to a head in in lots of different strands. So lots of the lemons uh, get arrested, and I quite like the fact that um, clamps are handcuffs. Yeah, that's that was that that's a logical extension of if you were going to arrest a car, it's clamps. That's. But we get a context joke again because he says to McQueen, "I'm the bomb." Yeah, right. and McQueen says, "Yeah, you are the bomb." Yeah, again, I I, I don't like that one. It doesn't work. But McQueen gives him a, a pep talk about how great he is, despite the fact that he's a fucking abomination. Yes, <laughs> you're amazing. You're so crucial. Again, what we have seen in these two races, yeah, is that when Mater is around, so he's Mater was not on the tour mm-hmm. that was going on at the start of the film. And Lightning McQueen won. Yeah. He then took him to Japan where he raced and lost. He then left. They raced in Italy Mm -hmm. where he won. Won, The evidence suggests 
you don't take Mater with you. Yes. I Like, even if he has hidden depths that for some reason you've decided not to show us in mm. two entire films mm -hmm. to that relationship, maybe they're banging. I don't know. He also, Ed, you forget, has dents that he doesn't want to have fixed because they're part of who he is. And that comes up later. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... So but there is no evidence for Lightning McQueen to say, I want you around. No. Unless, of course, they're banging again. I, I don't oh, know. I think so, there's some sort of thing going on there. Yeah. I think they're like very much like Joe Orton and <laughs> Kenneth Halliwell. <laughs> you could argue the mate is Kenneth Halliwell <laughs> and McQueen is Joe Orton. I mean, you could. Does Car I, I think, haven't seen Cast 3, but in, does it end with him bashing McQueen's brains out? In your defence, you're the first person to make that argument. <laughs> in your credit, you're the first person to make that argument. Uh, no, it doesn't end like, like that. That would have been a brilliant uh, no. ending. It, the, other way around. The Beatles so chauffeur coming to get them in the morning. He's coming, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of Joe Orton now. <laughs> um, so Mater then has a brilliant idea, he says, of taking a bomb to the Queen. Uh, and Axelrod's there, and he figures out that he is Axelrod because of the nuts and bolts. On the engine. On the uh, engine. Yeah. And, you know, technically he does save the day with a bit of knowledge that no one else has. Because they've, they've put in a couple of bits here and there that he's good at spotting engines and engine yeah. parts. And in fact, watching it for the first time in ages, it's um, hilarious how obviously that's all flagged up. Yeah. Like, they will just... Uh, well, it's got to be a British car because look at that. Wow, you're brilliant. We'd never have spotted that. You're mm. professional spies. And you're British. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mater... Uh, which, actually, that leads to them going to Paris because there's a guy who knows uh, who's got which dodgy engine parts off the black who market. He's selling so. them via the post. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Eddie Isle is unveiled as the baddie. With a voice-activated um, bomb that will only respond to the person whose voice <coughs> activated it, which is not the German guy who no. you expect it to be, mm. and um, who does not seem at all concerned about the fact he's going to blow up. No. He, he finds it slightly funny. He's well, quite happy about it. Yeah. Maybe he's tired of life. Maybe he's tired of, well, not life. When one is yeah. tired of cars too, that's what <laughs> Oscar Wilde once said. Well, it might just be more that he just wanted to get out of the film. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Um, so Mater reveals it is a, a real car and not electric as you might as you thought Ed yeah uh, he's a real ah. car ah. <laughs> uh, Mater is then knighted just like everyone is when they nearly blow up the Queen with a yeah. bomb and knighted with the uh, Queen's Ariel which is Vanessa Redgrave yeah as the Queen yeah. I hope and, she hasn't had lots of intercourse with people because she might have Van Ariel disease <laughs> it's a good one I wrote that not bad, is it? Um, so a then, treat for anyone still listening. I should also say at this point that um, Mater looks like he would smell like someone died in him in 2003. <laughs> yeah. Because when, when, when Emily Mortimer talks about, you know, possibly being his girlfriend in a minute, it made me feel a bit ill. So I imagine he stinks. Yeah. I mean, he definitely looks like on a Netflix documentary about a serial killer, that's yeah. where one of the bodies was found. Yeah, it reminds me of that. All I could think of is, you know, have you seen the film Zodiac? Yes. When they go to the suspect of the Zodiac house and he's got dead squirrels in the fridge and an old weird-looking wooden dildo next to his bed. That's what I kept thinking made his interior of his van looks like. Yeah, I don't know. I think Zodiac's a bit too urban a reference. Yeah. So, uh, like, maybe something more like Badlands or Deliverance. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. Definitely. Leatherface he, is... He turns Mater. up on the um, interstate to help out 
Uh, two yes. New York tourists who are driving. Doesn't that happen at the beginning of Cars anyway? Isn't there two cars at the beginning of Cars who accidentally end up in Radiator Springs and Mater helps them? Yeah, and they're they're worried because they don't. It's a small town yes. and they don't trust it. And uh, and then the, at the end of the film, he's wearing their skin. Yeah, and dancing around. With yeah, that's where they get all the spare parts from. Tucking his exhaust Fresh pipe meat. between his legs. I'd <laughs> <laughs> <God>, fuck me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Mater's uh, sorry. Her shitwell reveals she is Mater's girlfriend now. Yes, although uh, she is lying. She is because she. They turn up. He. They. He. She knows that he's been claiming her as his girlfriend, yeah. his spy girlfriend, and then she turns up f- flying as the plane that they don't believe. Yes, because they're in Radiator. Springs. Yeah, they're Springs back in Radiator Springs. Springs yeah. It's all good. Um, and she goes, "I'm his girlfriend," and mm. then she goes, "Anyway, we've got to go." So she spends, uh, you know. About 18 seconds there, and then fucks off. Yeah, um, as you would. So just, you know, it's it's that story of um, someone, I can't remember the story, years ago of someone who claimed that Bobby Charlton was his uncle. And then um, Bobby Charlton came to their school for a like some community visit thing, yeah. and they went up to, and they, one of the teachers went, and of course, we're very excited, because, of course, your nephew's here. <laughs> And Bobby Charlton looked at him and went, how are you, kid? And just didn't let on. Oh. So just lived up to it. So I think Holly Shitwell is doing the same thing here. If she knows uh, she's, to an extent, being slut-shamed. Mm. I don't know. It's not really the done thing to claim you're going out with someone when you're no, not. That's, that's awful. That's an awful thing to do. But then, as we say, you know, I hope Mater dies. Because well, um, Mater, again, shows how much of a cunt he is in a minute. Because... Finn and um, Holly have to go back in the plane's arse again. But in the meantime, McQueen and the Formula One race car who's come to Radiator Springs are going to have another race, but in a friendly way, because yeah. now they're mates. Yeah. So Despite nothing having happened yeah, despite to change no that relationship, because um, <coughs> the Italian car was just taunting him and saying how much better he was. Yeah. And then I don't even remember him in the London race. Was he like? It doesn't seem a particularly... <sighs> I don't remember Interesting either. Part of I remember it. him in the um, Italian one. Yeah, which he loses. Yeah. And he's, he's furious about. Oh, it is in the London one, because don't they fly past on rockets? And he goes, oh, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. But, yeah, so... But, that's um, just, but, like, if that shows... Like, he'd be annoyed that they were cheating. that, mm. And then, I don't know, realise... Nothing... You're not shown anything. You're not uh, shown him going, oh, the whole thing was a put-up job. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, mm. I was... You know, trying to get a competitive advantage. I hope you yeah. give, there's nothing that they're just friends now. They're just yes. they've put all that behind them. But Mater then says to Finn and Holly, "Can I have one thing?" And they say yes. And it turns out it's his rockets. So he shoots past everybody in the race, including um, Lightning. Or does he go yeah. up to Lightning, who's in the race, and start talking to him, effectively putting him off again? Yeah. And, um, and that's technically a callback. Yeah. And then spoils the race, basically. He's an, and that's the end. That's the end. That's the happy ending of the film. Yeah. Is that he got some rockets so <coughs> he could cheat. Is Now, again, I'm going to ask you this because you've seen it. In Cars 3, is Mater in it as much or is he dialed back quite considerably? He's dialed back quite considerably because there's an actually an interesting secondary protagonist called, uh, played by Cristela Alonso, hmm. um, who's sort of becomes Lightning McQueen's protege. Right. So it's like Rocky Five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, very, very similar. Well, Ed, we've reached the end yes. of, of, the, of the podcast. So I'm going to ask you some questions, which I sent you this afternoon. Yes. Because I forgot to send them to you. 
I should also point out that going back to when we did meet the craft of comedy, I did point out that you are the foremost Adam Curtis impersonator. No, no, I'm not. You are. That and, and it is will a never fantasy. Be hmm? That is a fantasy. <laughs> if you haven't seen, anyone, no one's listening. If you, if you haven't uh, seen Ben Woodham's The Loving Trap, a parody of uh, Adam Curtis, go and look it up. It is a thing of wonder. Did you do the is. voiceover? No. Why? That's because Ben did it. I don't know Ben. It's yes, but like, you're, yeah. you are Adam Curtis's but, uh, voice. No one's heard my voice before. I Ed, bet you if Adam Curtis walked in and out, he'd be a broad <laughs> northerner. He'd come in and he'd say, hey, Ed, have you done my voice all this? <laughs> this not... is a story about a man with a broad Yorkshire accent. <laughs> See? <laughs> Everyone's going to write in and agree with me, I bet you. They're not going to listen. <laughs> right, I'm going to ask you some questions. These are taken from Michael Caine's actual Twitter. Yep. So, and again, forgive the uh, grammatical elements. They're just how he said them. Yeah. Okay, so this wasn't from his Twitter profile, but it's how he tweeted it. Have you ever been locked in attic? Never been locked, I've been stranded, because we used to have an attic that didn't have a built-in lift, so you had to stand on a oh, chair to get right. in. Yes. And I went up it, and I think I knocked it over with my, my trailing foot as I climbed into the loft, so I had to wait for someone to come and get it down. So not locked, but stranded. You've been stranded in an attic. Yeah. Okay. Totally this, true. This is a tweet he said. He actually tied mm. it. What are your favourite music? No, they aren't. Okay, good, <laughs> good. Uh, have you ever had a wonderful day in your garden? Yes. Good. If, like Sir Michael, you were in beautiful Armenia for two hours and 53 minutes before leaving for London, how would you pass the time? Well, I like, I'd like to tell you I'd read my book, but I think we both know I'd be trying to get a signal and scrolling on Twitter. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. If you were on a bus treating on, teetering on the edge of a cliff and suddenly you had a great idea to save the day, what would it be? I'd never tell you and I'd let other people come up with better ideas of what it could be because limiting to one thing would actually spoil the magic. Well, that's good. That's a good, that's probably the best answer we've had yet. Um, so Michael Caine is known for not being fussy about his film choices. Can you make up a title for what would be a Caine B movie and what would it be about? Um, I mean, the trouble with that question... And having only had it just before we started recording, I haven't really thought about it. Mm. Is that I don't think there's a title you could make up that he hasn't been in. It's probably true. Um, I mean, looking around the office here, uh, the Rabbit Calendar. It's good. It's good because with him it would be like a spy film. Yeah, it would be by the end of it. Yeah, it certainly would. He'd have a missiles up his arsehole <laughs> or something. Um, and finally, what are your best and indeed worst Michael Caine films? Um, my favourite, the one I first thought of when you asked me to do this was I really like the Prestige, uh, Christopher Nolan. We nearly did film. that, didn't we? Yeah, no one's taken that. I, no one ta I thought no. we changed to this because no, I said it's free, and then you said what about Cars Two? And we decided that would be funny. Yeah, which we've finished through, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, it's, uh, we're going to. Um, you can come back and do the. Prestige. I do the. Pre no, well, the thing because it was like, what is there to make fun of? And it's you know, it's basically David Bowie in that film. Mm. Um, and but, the hats. The hats are quite funny. Yeah, but that's uh, get the sight gag at the end. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think it's a really interesting, well-made film. I, I prefer, like in terms of tricksy, non-linear storytelling, and uh, you know, playing playing with the audience's assumptions and knowledge, I think it's better than Inception. I do as well. Yeah, Much, it's my favourite Nolan film by far. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, Michael Caine is fantastic in it. Everyone's I think fantastic, everyone apart else. from Scarlett Johansson. I don't even remember her being She's there, playing though. an English girl in it. Right. She does a very bad job. But, um, yeah, Michael Caine, like the scene at the end where uh, he reveals that, you know, he's been telling him a nice thing 
up until that point and then reveals that he's been like it's like it, it, I was listening to the um the episode you did about Get Carter mm. and um I mean, Ali Catterall said oh people who say that Michael Caine can't act it's like who are those people because people do say that he's well. give him the, well like we said about Eddie Izzard I guess give him the right role but mm. that's true of literally every actor yeah. I mean you can't all be Finn McMissile yeah you can't all be Finn McMissile no. so give him the uh, right role so that's probably my favourite and my least favourite is probably Cars 2 and that's why we've done it <laughs> yeah that's fair enough. Well, Ed, thank you very much thank you for, for coming me. on board the podcast. Sorry, I don't know what to say. But until next time, I will continue to have the best time. And I hope you do the same. Goodbye. the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like... Wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.